Only an hour long, but it's just yeah. Like, oh. uh, Frankenstein Island. You ever seen that one? Yeah, <laughs> is that the one with like the silver Frankenstein masks? At least I, I don't, don't even funny. remember. Yeah, it was funny, but that was one of those that, like they found a clip of John Carradine, mm-hmm. just spliced it in. Yeah, Horace the make any sense. He, he turns up towards the end. You know you're in for the last several hours of this movie when he turns up. Yeah. But like before that, it's people in astronaut suits just wandering around. <laughs> What's clearly a desert. Oh, man. Let's intro it. Are we recording? Oh, well, I hit the button. We're always recording. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you never know what gems will come up. I didn't swear, did I? No. Good. Um, Fuck no. We would bleep it anyway. <clears throat> um, yeah, we... We get some good banter sometimes if I start it a minute or two before I know we're going to actually say something like, hey, listeners, blah, 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 blah. you know that thing I do? Something good like that. Yeah. <clears throat> listeners, you are listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This here is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about them old horror movies. Um, we're not professional critics. No, no, no. We're just uh, friends. Or professional podcasters. Nobody pays us to do this. We do this for the love of horror movies and because... For the lulls. The l- <laughs> <laughs> yes, those. Um, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that sponsors action. Well, mm. actually, yeah, we have, we have one... Casper mattresses, <laughs> Shudder, and Tubi. <laughs> you know, Tubi should be paying us. Um, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song. Intro creature features at the top of the show. Uh, you could find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you could buy it digitally and say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And like I said, we're uh, not professional critics; we're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Good morning. And Jolian. Privit druzi. Now you could believe whichever one of them you want. So, guys, um, I have to quit hitting that springy thing on my mic stand. Um, oh, there's a little dog under the. Hey, we should public service announcement here. Uh, the dogs will start wrestling and they do sound like gremlins. Uh, I have, I have to at some point in time, just pull out of my deep depression associated, <laughs> associated with, uh, social media. I should call it my social media depression because I'm not depressed. My relationship with social media is depressed and I have a very hard time with it, but I really have this great picture of birdie the Fox Terrier mix. And it looks like an about the author photo. Oh, nice. <clears throat> yeah. She's wearing her orange sweater. Go to pipe. Uh, well, I'm, I was going to Photoshop a pipe into the picture. Uh, I'll show you guys while we're, while we're talking about this, but, uh, this is, this is good radio. Yeah. This is, this is what you call good radio. Oh, that's perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Good radio. Oh yeah. That's Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like she's going to get drunk and get in a fight. So anyway, um, since we got together last, we've probably, some of us watched some things. Does anyone want to start recently watched? Um, sure. I don't have too much. Um, uh, I finished up, well, maybe that was last time. I don't remember. I finished up Peacekeeper, Peacemaker. Um. Is that a cowboy thing? No, DC superhero. Oh, that's right. That's the, uh, the guy that looks like Ernest. Yeah. That guy. John Cena. John Cena. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Um, I don't think I watched any movies other than this week's film. Really? Yeah. Cherry Falls, that was enough for you for a whole that week? That was enough, yeah. Okay. I was going to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, and then I forgot oh. about it until 
this afternoon, so I didn't get a chance. Oh, that's that was really fun. Yeah, um, one of the techs at the at dialysis recommended it. Now this is the person who you discovered was a horror fan. Yes. Have they been listening to us? Uh, she has, I believe. Shout out. Yeah. Hey, Ernestina. There you go. Thank you for listening. Um, Jolien, do you have any recently watched? Uh, no, I just watched the movie for the week, but I've been busy. And that was enough for you, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I've been preoccupied. I, I've been watch, doing this comic, and then... Um, so that's, that's just all day at night. And then... Um, yeah, last Wednesday is really, like, what's going on? It's like uh, lost an aunt, an uncle. Uh, Mark Lanigan died. Yeah. And World War Three started, started cranking up. So, all right, that's Wednesday. Yeah. The, I guess poor Mark Lanigan was a COVID denier mm. or an anti-vaxxer. And COVID knocked him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no more screaming trees. Nope. Now, a, a friend of mine was roommates with him uh, in the pre-fame days. Really? Yeah, and uh, I should ask him for some stories, but uh, we haven't really caught up in quite a while, so that would probably be a good, a good icebreaker to yeah. say, "Hey, you should tell me some stories about Love the old the screaming days." Screaming trees. Yeah, yeah. it's that funny. Had an incredible voice. He really did, and a good writer too. Uh, it's a weird coincidence that there's we've had a part timer at work. Um, and we were talking about the singles soundtrack, which uh, had uh, nearly lost you. I think was the oh, yeah. that was the track on that one. It's such a good soundtrack. Like there's a there's a a few things on there that are a little more poppy, but for the most part, it's it's a good a good snapshot of uh, that feel, that vibe of the '90s in Seattle specifically. So just Cherry Falls. That was it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I started a new uh, Japanese superhero show while I'm exercising. Yeah. Um, so there's one called Blue Swat, uh, which is which is a really good setup. Um, I don't think they're going to do much with, but <laughs> there's this like a secret un- organization which has been set up to combat this alien invasion, and the, they know that the aliens can take over humans, but they don't know how to detect it. So they set up this secret organization that can patch into any computers and stuff. So the first stop for the invading aliens is to take over this organization. So now they control everything. They wipe out almost everybody in the organization. Oh, man. So they're down to three people who have to go on the run. Um, But uh, then I think they just throw away that concept. I'm three episodes in and they've set up their own detective agency and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty standard now. But I thought, oh... That's a really interesting idea. That is a good idea because, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, episode one, you've got S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. And then Idris taken over. By the end of the episode, it's all been taken over and two people are on the run or something. Yeah, that sounds like it's got uh, some some good elements of uh, the thing. Yes. Yeah, it was was late. It it must have been circa 1990 this one came out. Yeah. It's got very slimy, tentacly aliens in it. Mm-hmm. Man, tentacles. Yep. Um, so that's really it. Yep. All right. Well, for me, uh, I think both of you had watched Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. Mm. Uh-huh. Oh, man, what a comprehensive documentary about folk horror. And I really want to watch it again. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, I missed some stuff. It, it just was coming at you. Just relentlessly. It's yeah, like, I, I kept pausing it to write down titles. Right. Things I wanted to check out. It's like, how did I never hear of this, <laughs> right? Um, that one. That one's great. All I could say is, uh, listeners, if, if you like folk horror at all, this covers it from inception to, inception meaning the beginning of, not the movie Inception, um, from the beginning of what you could call folk horror to most recent stuff. Mm-hmm. And all points in between. It's amazing. Uh, documentary style is really nice, very watchable. Uh, you don't feel like some brand new filmmaker just <laughs> slapped it together, not knowing yeah. what they were doing. They go into historical context and yeah, um, and a couple of movies and TV. Exactly. Yeah, and of course, some good interview footage. 
you know, some of the actors and directors who were involved. Mm-hmm. So you get sort of their points of view. So that that one's great. Um, oh, I read um, the uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space book by Catherine Coldine. Yes. It's a monograph. Yes. So it's written in a very chatty manner. It's not like a, a learned academic book, which I which I, I, I like those too. Yeah. It's like it's like someone telling you about it. It's a, I guess you could say conversational sort of yeah, but delivery. It, but it's also very uh, it's it's insightful and like her her central thesis, as it were, is uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space is not a great movie, but it's a great movie about the failure to make a movie. Yeah, she could. So you can learn learn so much about how it goes wrong in almost everything. Yes. She calls it a, a document of an attempt to make a movie. Yes, yes, that's it. So it's it's great. Yeah, yeah we heard her on uh, the Dana Gould Hour, and um, she mentioned that you could get the book straight from her or buy it from the UK and pay exorbitant shipping fees. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, emailed her and, and said, I want to buy a copy, and was able to PayPal her the fee and get the book yeah and it's all signed to you now did you notice the cover our coloring book predates this uh the three saucers on strings very much like the back cover of our coloring book oh. <laughs> i mean Actually, I'm gonna, did you, you you sent her a co- copy of the coloring book i'm right? going to okay it, things have been crazy at work mm. and i did mention that there's a guy who's been uh, filling in at work he's within two years as the same age as me and likes all the same stuff so it's like you hate him. <laughs> I, I feel compelled to kill him. No, <clears throat> we have really great conversations where he knows what I'm talking about. I don't have to backtrack Excellent. and explain like, well, once upon a time you had to change the channel on the TV manually. I don't have to tell him that stuff because he's old enough to have had to use vice grips or needle nose pliers to change a channel because the knob broke. Yeah. Or use tinfoil flags or balls to try and get a channel to come in. Uh-huh. And then... Um, how great movies like Highlander are, right, Will? I mean, sure. <laughs> great film. You know, and it, what's funny is what, one of the things that came up in our conversation was uh, his girlfriend uh, does not, you know, groove on the movies the same way he does. And so he's like, I could say a movie quote of the most obvious kind, and she just won't get it, and she doesn't want to play that. So they don't have that back and forth. And, mm. well, I have that same thing. But, you know, we have those friends who, you know, you you sit down at a restaurant and your server says, I'm candy. And your friend says, of course you are. <laughs> and, you know, you, those, those kind of, it's, it's a subtle enough reference to someone who's not familiar, but amongst people who've watched Highlander a hundred times or The Hitcher, you know. The yeah, hit- uh, I can do certain movies with my wife, so. Yeah. If one of us goes to love the cat, the other one will go is to be the cat. Ah, okay. See, this is good. People should have this. Um, having said that, uh, the hitcher, I can't believe I didn't like write this and then highlight it with a neon marker. Um, I didn't mention Roy's cafe. Did I? Yeah. Well, I t- in the you car, did, you did previously, I believe. Yeah. The episode before, um, I don't know if I said it on air at all, or on, on mic, I should say. But um, when the hitcher and the kid are kind of facing off and the kid's got the gun, and then the hitcher just sticks his finger in the end of it, mm. that scene is in Roy's Cafe. And it looks like they just found a place called Roy's. And, and of course, the reason I bring this up is because uh, Rutger Hauer played Roy Batty in uh, Blade Runner. Yes. So that was kind of a cool tie-in without... I don't think it's an Easter egg on purpose. I think it's just that's the, the location they were able to scout. So either props to the location scouts or props to coincidence being a thing. One of the special effects guys on Blade Runner was uh, Douglas Trumbull, who died recently. Oh. Oh, yeah. Which was very sad. I only worked with him once. Oh, really? But I um, did... Uh, astronaut suit designs and storyboarding oh. for an opening scene. How cool. Um, he well, asked me not to say what the name of the movie was because it kind of gives away the plot. Oh, okay. But um, 
yeah, he was really nice. Um, not, you know, he wasn't, you know, I, I regarded him as a god because I grew up on his movies. Yeah. And, but he was like chatting about just wanting to do a good story. And yeah. He had this like, he, you know, he's always developing his new film techniques and super frame rates and stuff like that. And so he wanted to do this um, uh, opening scene of this this movie and uh, uh, to show off this this new process. Hmm. But uh, I don't think it ever got done. Okay, so the next one on my list. You, you guys are going to love this. Um, I don't know if you say fungi or fungi or fungi, but this movie is it keeps keeps showing up on uh, Netflix, just like just sitting there, daring me to watch it. Uh, fantastic fungi or fungi, whatever you want to say. Uh, this one is uh, a descriptive time lapse journey about the magical, mysterious, and medicinal world of fungi and their power to heal, sustain, and contribute to the regeneration of life on Earth. They're going to take over the world as well and kill. I mean, they are deadly. There are deadly ones. <laughs> the biggest organism on Earth is a fungus. Yes. Yeah, they've, they've got all this mycelium and all this stuff that they explain to you that is just mind-blowingly cool. And, uh, of course, they do a lot of uh, coverage on, like, psychedelic mushrooms and things like that. Yeah, you but, can go on uh, mushroom tours in Colorado. Oh, man, that's great. Um, and, of course, uh, a specific one that I used to uh, know people who picked them when I lived in Hawaii. Um, they're nicknamed the blue meanies, <laughs> little tiny blue mushrooms. And I mm. guess they're mind blowingly powerful, mm -hmm. but they even talked about some that had some, uh, um, medicinal properties to cure, oh, yeah, cure cancer. Amazing. Yeah. Um, this is something to dig into. So if anyone's curious about something cool like that, watch that documentary. And then I, um, and it's like, you may also like this. And then I watched one, I think it was called Kiss the Earth, but it was narrated by Woody Harrelson. And it was about how um, soil being turned into just dust is so bad for the planet. Like we didn't get our lesson properly from the, the dust bowl of, what was it, the 1930s? Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't get our lesson apparently, because when you plant the way we plant for... Um, what do they call it? Uh, factory farming or mm -hmm. whatever you, whatever they call it. Uh, that sort of, um, use of the earth heats the planet up. It puts carbon in the air. And if you have uh, controlled grazing instead, like in the off season, like you plant something else and then let, you know, cattle graze on it, then the cattle aren't a problem for the planet. And th those acres of earth aren't a problem for the planet in fact they're beneficial instead and you get all of that um that nice uh, root mass going in in the earth instead of just something that'll break apart and um what do they call it uh desertify i think is the word mm -hmm. uh so that one's pretty interesting um it some of it bums you out while you're watching it but uh but then there's some hopeful stuff in there too they show you how this can work are we going to be able to get everybody on board? No. Mm, I'm going to say a big fat no on that. So uh, we're don't, doomed. Don't worry. There's plenty more things that will kill us all faster than that will. Yes. Uh, I did watch that new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Holy wow. <laughs> um, it's super entertaining. It really is. Uh, it's... Uh, what? I would have to watch it again to really sort of express what it is about it that doesn't work for me like i don't really believe the premise that a bunch of hipsters are going to buy this town this uh what was the name of the town um harlan harlan something like that. yeah i think it's harlan uh, i don't really believe it like oh we're going to make this a destination people are going to come here hmm. they're going to drive five or six hours to yeah i don't know will they <laughs> for a boutique yeah, like there's this guy's a chef and he's very innovative and they're going to put all these little boutique stores in the town. Comic shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't even get a proper audience for a comic shop in, in, in a city. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what it's going to be like in a dusty middle of nowhere town. But that aside, super entertaining. Mm -hmm. uh, some some different kind of kills, uh, different take on Leatherface, who, what his origin is and who he, who yeah. he is. So. 
they kind of discard a lot of the original premise, it seems. Yes. And this is just, uh, without giving a bunch of it away, it's a, it's a different, a different backstory for Leatherface. I realize they, 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 uh, they did the whole, you know, what the new Halloween trilogy is trying to do. They did all of it in one movie. <laughs> <laughs> Without it being tiresome or stupid. Right. What? You could cover it in one. Um, and then I watched the um, the Netflix series, <clears throat> uh, the Mike Flanagan directed uh, Midnight Mass. Mm. And there's one thing I really want to say about it, but I think it would, would be a spoiler to say it, that it reminds me of a certain um, made-for-TV movie from a while back. It's got some some properties of that. That's all I could say is it, it's it, not saying school for girls, is it? Oh, you know, okay, I'll have to bleep that. Oh, I got it right. Jerusalem's garage. <laughs> Maybe that would be it. No, it's none of those. Let's stop right no, there. No, it's not Jerusalem's garage because that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a look. That's all I'm going to say. It's it takes. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it really, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is. Now, it's supposed to be New England, isn't it? Like an uh-huh. island an island off of the, the northeast Atlantic coast there? Yeah. Um, that uh, is funny. It's it's isolated enough, but it's close enough to the mainland, you know? But that little bit of isolation is enough to say if something supernatural or or nefarious is happening, whatever it might be, that you're not exactly able to keep running and... Or make a call and get some people in because it's it's a long enough ferry ride away from the rest of people. Mm-hmm. So the isolation is part of the horror, if uh, if that's not saying too much. I recommend watching it. So that being said, um, Cherry Falls was the other thing I watched. So Sorry. <laughs> You watched it twice, didn't you? I did, because the laundry got in the way of my enjoyment of it the first time. Oof. Um, Jolien, you picked this one kind yes. of blindly. Yes. You might as well have just plucked it out of a hat. <laughs> did you know what year it was from? I thought it was a 90s thing, but it turned out it was, well, it was made in 99 and came out in 2000, it yeah. sort of. Yeah, I, sort of. I thought it was more recent for some reason. I don't know if that's because... Uh, there was something else that had cherry in the name that was a couple years ago. I don't know what it was, but, um, so this one was, uh, from 2000. Uh, didn't look at that when it started. And when I saw Jay Moore's face, I went, okay, there's no way he still looks that young. (laughs) This is when I paused it and looked at the date Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. So this is from that and Brittany Murphy's been dead for, 10 years. Well, I didn't realize it was her because I'm used to her from 8 Mile where she mm. has like the bleached blonde hair. I was like, is this a young Kristen Ritter? No, she would be a probably an eight-year-old at this point. So yeah. it's not Kristen Ritter. Who is this? And then, of course, I looked and oh, that's Brittany Murphy. Oh, yeah, she's dead. So, Jolien, what did you think of your pick when you were getting into it? Oh, I heard it was like a, a slasher movie, but it had an unusual premise which reversed the usual tropes, and which indeed it does. Right. Which is that the killer's targeting <clears throat> virgins instead of people who are actually having sex. Right. And, uh, and you know, I'd heard it was kind of a kind of little different. Um, I like Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought, all right, I'll, I haven't seen it. I'll check it out. Sure. She, she's absolutely the anchor to this whole movie. Um I don't care how experienced she's or, really good. or whatever the rest of the cast might be. Yeah, she, she holds down the fort on this whole thing. Um, this was directed by Jeffrey Wright, who mm-hmm. uh, was previously known for Romper Stomper with Russell Crowe. Yeah. Yes. That's a rough one. You know, if you, if you, if you want to watch a bunch of neo-Nazis. Oh. Ugh. Yeah, that one was, <clears throat> that was a tough watch, as I remember. Um. So what was the one we watched just before this? What was that one called? The Hitcher? No, no, before that. Halloween Kills? 
I know what you're talking about. Valentine. Valentine. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, yes, Valentine. This was a lot like Valentine. Same time-ish. Well, it came mm-hmm. out around the same time within, what, five, six, seven years, whatever. I don't know. No, like the same year. Did it? They're both 2000, 2001 oh, or so. Oh, that's right. It was 2001. Um, so Valentine, I think, tripped over itself a lot more than this one did. Mm-hmm. I think it failed to deliver in some of the ways that this one did. Um, this one to me was more entertaining. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. Now, tell mm. me the science room brawl wasn't oh. <laughs> kind of hilarious. <laughs> mm. She swings the shark at the guy. Uh, that was, yeah, that was all right. Yeah, there's like skeletons and all kinds of wet specimens and for some reason a big model of a shark or a supposedly taxidermied shark. Uh it starts out professional enough. You get all the establishing shots of the little town and then you see the falls. So you go, oh, okay, that's, it's called that. Yeah. Okay. And then you have Rod and Stacy necking in the car. Yeah. And Rod is saying that he's Zenobilax, an alien who, who can only breed once. That's his line for. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did this feel like the old urban legend about the hook hand man mm-hmm. when they got stalked? Yeah, uh, that that was kind of weird. Um, there was like a strobing slow motion thing that reminded you that it's a movie. Yes. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, the attack was actually on on the woman, the girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a weird like almost seventies kind of a, a throwback sort of a, a film technique. Yes. Well, you know this the story of this film it. Uh, on during production and then after production had a lot of problems. Um, so so during production, the director was fighting with the crew and the, some of the crew walked off. And then uh, once it had been made, uh, you know, there was the whole uh, backlash against horror movies and uh, especially ones involving teens. Yeah. And... Um, this has so, a very mild orgy quote-unquote orgy scene yeah um and so most of the gore uh, got cut um they they'd run over a schedule because of all the production problems so they didn't get to finish everything uh they were using lots of first takes and stuff and uh it went through the uh so they never got past the mpaa so they never got a theatrical release it went direct to tv in america Oh, most expensive TV made for TV movie ever. $14 million to Jeez. be shown on the USA network. And then the uh, the <clears throat> company that was supposed to distribute it got bought by someone else who wasn't interested in distributing yep. this movie. Wow. Nothing so but problems. Disappeared. You know, it's funny, like so many times you'll hear like, oh, the, the, the studio exec who was all like green lights and thumbs up. Yeah, is out, loses his job. The guy that comes in is like, I don't like those kind of movies. And yes. Then, you know, that, that happens. But then the whole studio got bought. Yeah, that's a whole other mess. Um, So a lot of these were first takes, huh? Yeah, so they got, they reckon they managed to film 80% of the screenplay. And then a lot of it got cut for the gore and sex yeah, so, they, they were trying to give it an X rating. It's pretty amazing that it's as uh, coherent as it is. I've yeah. seen a lot less coherent films that where yeah. they managed to film the whole thing. Well, um, considering that, like, um, we we cut from the uh, the lovers' lane murder scene that that's sort of the first kill of the movie, like probably not even ten minutes in. We cut from that to this attempted breakup, uh, a different couple. Yes, that's Kenny and Jody. Yeah. Um, then the, uh, I, I put that it was interrupted by the, the milfy mom who's kind of flirt. I say that because she's flirting with the boyfriend. Yeah, I liked her. She's kind of bad. Yeah, she is. She, she, she like, has her secret smokes and drinks and she yeah. knows what they're up to, but she doesn't say so. And yeah, she's played by Candy Clark. Yeah. <laughs> who you know from. Where's she from? Oh. Uh, she was in American Graffiti. Yeah, yeah. And the man who fell to earth. And oh, okay. Q and um, 
with the Blob remake and Cat's yeah, Eye. That's the one. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's great. Uh, I do like that the smartass um, boyfriend says to her, uh, your headlights are on, which... <laughs> Which, for any listeners uh, outside of the U.S., um, you may not know this is slang for uh, erect nipples, but it turns out that her vehicle behind them had the headlights on. Mm-hmm. And, and she kind of coyly says, oh, you noticed. <laughs> so this whole thing is just kind of like, I feel like it's trying to set the tone. Yeah. That tone kind of gets lost along the way, but it's still, and I wrote this note down for myself, I think this movie both knows what it is. And is being kind of cute with us. Yeah, really? <laughs> I didn't find that at all. No? I found that this was a movie that should have been cute and know it was funny and then just wanted to be deadly serious. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was trying to get cute with us. With yeah, all the, I just thought it was playing it really straight-faced and, and it, was, it was the funnier for it. It, it wasn't like a winky like the Scream film. True, it was not winky, but I felt that it was merely a premise that they did nothing with mm-hmm. and that it needed some sort of winkiness to it. Um, well, I think the, uh, the instead of people saying, oh, in slasher movies, such and such happens, it's a, it's a slasher movie where it sets up these uh, anticipations and then reverses them several times. Hmm. I didn't get that. Do you well, think like like having uh, someone who is apparently a woman be the killer? Someone who's yeah, that just told me right away it was a man. Yeah, yeah, who's uh, who's apparently targeting virgins, but they're actually not. And uh, and the, the person it turns out to be is like it's so obvious. Oh from, yeah, from the get go, and, and it kind of plays with that. Um, it's, Mm, I didn't get that feeling at all. I just felt like it was a something that they had come up with a premise that was kind of clever and then did nothing with it. Mm. Now, like you... I felt like they should have... I mean, you, you can make the argument that Scream is too self-aware, but I think Scream, and it's not a great movie, but... I think that it it stuck because it it's both self-aware but also kind of a uh I don't know if you want to call it like a love letter to horror movies mm-hmm. whereas uh this just felt like it was kind of uh a by the numbers thing that they they decided oh we have this twist like I said I don't think they did anything with it they kind of try to throw in this orgy at the end, but that seemed like a kind of, uh, you know, afterthought. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did not care for this movie at all. Um, I didn't hate it as much as Valentine. Uh, I was way more bored with this. Uh, I had a hard time focusing. Wait, you were more bored with this than Valentine? Yeah. Wow. Because Valentine was a fucking dumpster fire. And I just kept watching to see how dumb it would get. (laughs) This was just like, yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, it's Jay Moore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to spoil it because this movie's crap. Uh, No, we were going to spoil this. Yeah, I spoil it. Uh, Um, But you didn't feel... Okay, well, one of the things I was going to ask you earlier before you mentioned Scream was, does this suffer from being born in a post-Scream world? Yes, yes. Because they can't help but think about what Scream did when they're writing this and, and, and putting the production together. You can't help but think, oh, yeah, Scream did this. But also, did you go back in, in the time machine to 1960 and say, oh, well, Psycho did this. <laughs> and so, hey, Jay Moore, uh, what size dress do you wear? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like um, Scream managed to, the first Scream was a good horror movie as well as being a sort of comedy. Yes. This one, managed, it managed to land most of the comedy for me, but it what was left of the horror didn't yeah, work. Yeah, it didn't work at all. I didn't find it terribly funny, though. I found that, like, <clears throat> rather than having one or two kind of quirky kids that... Uh, 
uh, are outsiders. It felt like the whole school was full of quirky outsiders. Oh, that, that journalist. <laughs> yeah, it was just like none of these people are terribly relatable. You could have made, I don't know. Um, I found Jody just boring. I didn't find anything really. I didn't get as much about her or anything. I didn't feel anything for her. I didn't feel like she was truly in danger. Mm. No, I never felt like she was in any danger. Um, I was weirded out by the weird sexual chemistry between her and Michael Bean. (laughs) Oh, yeah. when the What was that about? That was not okay. Normally that thing doesn't, you know, whatever. I don't care. But that was, they were, was there something in there? That got cut that they were, you know, are we supposed to think that he's going to take his own daughter's virginity to save her from the slasher? Mm-hmm. That's Ugh. kind of the unsavory thought I got. And you're talking about the self-defense lesson. Yeah. When he ends up on top, top of, of her. her that, yes. Which is always played in movies is, you know. The moment. The moment, yeah. And this is just, no. Mm, yeah. I, I was uncomfortable with that, too. And, uh. And I like Michael Bean, but he seemed to be asleep in this role. Oh, I think he was just getting a paycheck. Oh, he seemed totally like he was getting a paycheck there. That press conference he gives at the beginning or Mm -hmm. near the beginning. um, You know, I'm not surprised that that wasn't just like a first take read through. It was so (laughs) flat. He's like, we're going to do this again, right? So I'm just going to. Yeah, sure. We'll do another take. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to. No, we're not doing another take. Yeah, some of the stuff like that didn't work. But um, overall, though, I felt like the pace, and maybe this is just me comparing it to Valentine, um, I thought the pace was pretty good. The movie just got started and moved right along. Mm. And uh, I didn't find myself going, okay, when are they going to do something? Because they're going to turn around and do something. It may be something that you don't know why they did it or don't really like it, but, but they're moving on anyway they're on to the next night where there's another kill or whatever it might be, or the disruption in the classroom or whatever, whatever's next. Um, but one of the notes I wrote down in here is uh, Brittany Murphy is pretty good in this. Um, and there's three kills so far. <laughs> and, and I know this was pretty early on. I probably should have said cougar and not milf when I was talking about that mom. Yeah. Because I think that's yeah. more accurate to the, what you would yeah i like the mom um yeah it's pretty funny there's a scene where she's chugging brandy it looks like a (laughs) bottle of e and j brandy Uh uh-huh just in the kitchen upending this bottle like 80 proof booze (laughs) which is nice in hot chocolate or something like that you know a little little shot of brandy in your christmasy drink Mm. but straight off the bottle no it's rough yeah you ever heard of a dirty mother no okay it's a white russian except you use brandy oh okay yeah so that's a thing um yeah uh and then homegirl heads down to freddy's dungeon do you remember this scene like there's this long uh tracking shot of britney murphy walking down all the hallways and it just feels like she's going down to freddy's boiler room oh okay and that's when she finally gets uh She's trying to find the glam kid who's got her cell phone. Yeah. And it turns out she's getting stalked by, um, um, do they have a name for the phantom yet? Uh, Laura Lee something. Yes, Laura Lee Sherman. Are they saying that that's who it is? Or are they just saying someone's killing people? Well, that's after that attack, actually, because she does the sketch. sketch. And yeah. then they're like, oh, I think it's Laura. That's one of the reversals in it, because like uh, in the self-defense, he teaches her a maneuver for if someone comes at you with a knife. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when she fights off the attacker. But it fails. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, But it works at the end. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But uh, another damaging thing it does to the horror is it makes it reduces the killer. Like the killer never seems much of a threat. Because the first time he meets the final girl, she kicks his ass. Yeah. With the help of a shark. But. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, let's see. Is that before? Uh, just before that, she knows how dangerous the situation is because she hears her cell phone ringing, opens the locker, and there's the dead glam kid 
falls out with his throat cut. Timmy. Uh-huh. Timmy? <laughs> yeah, so we got Timmy dead in a locker. Um, and of course, this uh, this killer, this is the first time we really get a good look at him at all. It looks like a man's frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm watching this scene where the hair's over the face and he's kind of moving side to side and getting ready to try and pounce. And it's like, well, he is rather mannish. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously um, Jay Moore, the uh, English teacher, uh, Leonard Molston, because um, he's got classical education, which always means you're a villain in an American movie. Yeah. He's got a Macbeth quote on the blackboard. Yep. The director actually did a version of Macbeth in 2006. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's got the quote. It's one of the uh, the witch's quotes on, on the blackboard. Do you have it written down or uh, memorized? Yeah, when, when shall we meet again? Um, in thunder, lightning, or in rain? I think that's it. Act nice. one, scene one. Oh, okay. I like it. Um, yeah, uh, the science room... Uh, Attack with the swinging shark, all that stuff. Uh, this is to me just having fun. The movie's having fun. You know, we we've got a very decorated uh, set or location, whichever it is, and uh, a ridiculous prop. I mean, there's a skeleton hanging there. There's all the wet specimens. There's mm-hmm. this big, inexplicable <laughs> shark model or, or whatever. Um, I like it. Uh, but when uh, when the killer gets away uh, and it's time to talk with the police, it's so obvious they're hiding something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like there should be a big flashing sign that says, <laughs> these cops are hiding something. So that that was kind of like, you don't have to give it away that easily in the movie. You know, they, the cops could be playing it straight, as best we know, as the audience. Um, but the the whole school just kind of becomes a scene like the whole you know everyone's kind of losing their minds and uh there's like a almost like a fame craziness going on if that makes sense (laughs) you know they're they're talking about who's died and they're you know talking about who might be next and it's almost like uh yeah it's like like you're waiting for the paparazzi to show up i noticed how the um the production design on this movie is very subdued colors uh like oh, almost the, everyone in the, the school is dressed in grays yeah the costumes yeah i noticed that too yeah a lot of earth tones and grays yeah yeah it's like is is it is it winter is this yeah i was, I was wondering if they're going to use that and then pop the reds against it when they come in but they don't really yeah they didn't use it as contrast at all and i think that was a uh you know that was a real miss it would have been you know well, I guess the original ending, he was supposed to go through the orgy and they were covered in sheets mm. and he was stabbing people and it was just splotches of red all okay. over. So huh. that may have yes. been an idea that they had, but I think they just ran out of time and money. Uh. Did either one of you freeze frame on the uh, the sex party flyer? No. It was two cartoon cherries doing it? No, I didn't even <laughs> notice. Well... I was afraid you might not have. So of course I rewound and paused the movie and took a picture of the screen for you. And, uh, I've kind of feel like I need to get back into the social media just, uh, so I I can post things like this. (laughs) So I like that the, the, the cherry that's behind, they share the same, uh, stem thing, oddly enough. Yeah, the one that's behind has got his tongue sticking out like he's really concentrating. It says, pop your cherry at our secret location. Bring your own bed and babe tonight. And uh, yeah, looks like someone made it with markers. And then I guess they would have had a color copy at their disposal or a color printer of some sort. But um, yeah, yeah. The whole scene at the school kind of turns into a riot. And uh Cops kind of don't know what to do. And the aforementioned mom chugging brandy. And then, uh, and then of course, Jody heads to the library as you do and gets out the microfiche machine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't sure how to spell microfiche. Is it F-R-I-C-I-G? Yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Okay. It's, it's a word I've never had to spell. 
Um, I, when I was a kid, I thought it was microfish, <laughs> but because I heard people pronounce it that way. And she finds out about Laura Lee Sherman, a rape victim or survivor, I should say. Uh, and mom immediately spills the secret about dad, hmm. who's a prominent uh, police officer now. So uh, the movie doesn't let you discover anything. It just kind of throws it on your lap, which, again, I felt like that was, you know, kept the movie moving forward. Yes. Well, this was 92 minutes. Yeah, it was about 90 minutes too long. <laughs> well. <laughs> this was a thing to be endured, wasn't it? It really was. Okay. Um, Surprised it was only 92 minutes. The other thing that dates it, apart from the microfiche, is uh, someone calls their phone a cell phone. Uh-huh. I thought that was quaint. <laughs> yeah. He's got my cellular phone. <laughs> cellular telephone. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the, uh, the, was it the dad that was checking out the old Sherman house? Yeah. Yeah, so the sheriff goes over to West Virginia. Yes. From Virginia. Oh, okay. He's crossing state lines here. Uh-huh. He doesn't have any jurisdiction. What's he doing? Yeah. But he goes, he goes to the old house because he thinks maybe Laura Lee's hiding out and that's the headquarters. Does that kind of seem like... I don't know what he's up to there. Yeah. He goes to the house and he goes and he, he finds the old crash and with a chained up baby doll on it. Yeah. I don't know what he's hoping to do, whether drop in on his old victim. Yeah. It seems weird, doesn't it? Like I I wasn't clear on that and that might have gotten edited out mm -hmm. or maybe it wasn't uh ever filmed to start with. Like maybe it was in the screenplay. But it didn't really make sense why he headed over there. Yeah, nothing happens. Yeah. But um, meanwhile, Jody decides that she's going to hook up with Kenny and, uh, what, get it over with, I guess? Yeah. Uh, boss move on his part starts sucking her toe. <laughs> What's that all about? I, I liked when she was kicking him in the face. Yeah. Telling him harder because it was kind of kinky. Yeah. And I felt like this movie needed some sort of kink there. Mm -hmm. Right. It was so boring. <laughs> hey, when, when they uh, showed when they showed the uh, the orgy or whatever you want to call it. Um, the Borgie. <laughs> that's a good I one. I fell asleep at the Borgie. <laughs> right. Um. The two nerd kids, though the one had a fat face and the other was like kind of weird looking. Uh-huh. Did you recognize him? Yeah, he's from a lot of things. You've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Um, in Breaking Bad, he's the undercover cop that busts uh -huh. Badger at the bus stop. Yep. I thought we were going to hang out. <laughs> he's that undercover cop. Yeah. DJ Qualis is the kid's name. Yeah, I was, I was watching and I went, no one else looks like this guy. <laughs> I'd like his... Fucking cowboy shirt. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the I, I refer to him as the Deathquake Kid. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, how did the dad end up in the trunk? Uh, what was Jay Moore's character again? Um, Leonard? Yes. Uh, yeah, they didn't explain how he got in the trunk, I don't think. He overpowered him somehow and put him in the trunk. Yeah. And then pushed the trunk down the stairs at Jody? No, Jody uh -huh. helps him. Oh, that's Jody right. Jody helps yeah, him, right. and then she hears him. Somebody's in there at the when it. Yeah, she says, "What's in the trunk?" And he says, "Your dad." <laughs> and he takes her down, and she opens it up, and voila, is her dad. Now, had it been the mom, it would have been a great your mother kind of moment. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny, actually. But he he gives himself away right there, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Then it's the whole big reveal. Yeah, well, I, I wrote that down. The big reveal with Dad in the trunk. Um, this movie has three conspicuous full moon shots. Hmm. It's like, I don't know if the the second one is like dead center in the movie, but there's one at the beginning and one at the end, and I don't know where in between the other one is, but it's like, are you trying to tell us something with this, the full moon? But uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, Leonard gives himself away. And then it get then it gets really dark. It goes gets into real horror 
um, so like uh, the show is like 25 years ago the uh, the football team guys get away with a rape because they're the football team guys right and you think oh yeah nothing's changed yeah so this is it a... felt like a very dark kind of jallo-esque turn there mm-hmm. that didn't really mesh with the rest of it i thought and then they they also set the dad up as being a bastard and then they walk it back and oh he was too drunk to do anything and you're like mm, what is it movie is he an asshole or is he not just you know pick a lane yes and they they sort of tell you that by targeting virgins, um, uh, Leonard Marliston is going to rob the parents of their precious virginal children, I think is how he put it. Yes. Um, what does that do? How did he know? That's my was question. Was he overhearing people? I, I suggested that he had them write a really inappropriate essay for English about their sexual history. And if they wrote they were a virgin, they got killed. Uh, That's how he compiled his hit list. Uh Uh-huh. And if too much time goes by, he has to have them like write an addendum to their uh, essay. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It's weird, right? Um, Yeah. His plan didn't make any sense. I suppose he's, Jody's brother? Yeah. It seems like it. That's pretty heavily implied. I mean, I don't know that it's white by another mother. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, We think that uh, Jody has killed him. Like, uh, I don't, did, did Kenny end up dead in that fight? No, he gets, he gets slashed across the belly. Okay. But he he limps onto the balcony at the end. Okay, so he doesn't die. But, but... she uh, she uh, sends him over the balcony with her successful re- yes. redo of the judo throw. Yes. And he lands in the uh, broken um, railings. Yeah. And then he grabs, uh, what's his name? Um, and uh, and then he gets, he, uh, the deputy shoots him. Yeah. Um, Mina. Or Minya, whatever. Uh, yeah, just unloads two pistols. Because you know how cops are trained to just hold pistols like they're in some sort of a John Woo movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just unloads. I was so both. hoping that the deputy was the killer. That would have been. That that was the fake uh, out, was they made you think it was a man. Okay. So they, uh, just, they just zoom in and there's a little trickle of blood coming out of the deputy's nose. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been better. Yeah. Uh, Oh, as they're leaving town, though, Jody sees somebody resembling Laura Lee Sherman disappear behind a moving school bus. Mm-hmm. So are they trying to set us is up? Is it PTSD or is it a sequel? Yeah. Uh, the, but then the falls, did you notice the falls turn yeah, red? Yeah, turn red, yeah, uh, cherry falls. Yeah. Did you notice uh, in the the credits that they... They, they ran sp- the wrong way. Yeah, they, they scrolled them yeah. upwards. But then some of the text is still arranged so that it reads as if it was scrolling downwards. Uh-huh. It's really confusing. Yeah, it was not a good luck. Yeah, that was weird. I noticed that too. Um, uh, in uh, October of 1998, Variety announced that Jeffrey Wright as uh, was going to be the director. He promised an intelligent script full of irony. So, uh, Will, how do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> What's the real irony in that statement? Mm. Uh, let's see. In 1999, filmmakers began scouting locations in Virginia using the town square in Warrington. The high school used in the film was Thomas Jefferson High School, located in Richmond. And the residents of Richmond lambasted the making of the film because of its brutality. How would they know? I don't know. Like, they're making a movie here. Yeah, you wouldn't be seeing special effects scenes. No. No, you'd be seeing very little, in fact. You wouldn't, I mean, do they post up the script on the town board? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, are they still doing things in a very old-timey fashion in Virginia? Yes. I have to wonder. Hear uh, ye, hear ye. Today we make the scene where a student <laughs> yes. gets stabbed. Yeah, they got the, the crier with his bell. Yeah. <laughs> They're still doing it the old-fashioned way. It's like, we should go there and watch the film being made and uh, buy a ham. (laughs) 
whatever it is people do in Virginia. I don't know. Oh, a Virginia ham. Okay. Yeah. That's a thing, right? Yeah. Um, this was shopped at, uh, do we say cans? Cans. Con. Con. I'd say con. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cherry Falls was shopped at the con film market in 1999 and was sold for theatrical distribution in all international territories across the world. The film had a tentative release date of November 2000. However, the film was troubled by censor disapproval, as you mentioned before. And, uh, well, USA Films led, uh, they, they made the decision to release it as a television movie uh, on the USA Network, as Will mentioned before. As a result, most expensive film ever, <laughs> television film ever made. And uh, this... Uh, did, however, have successful theatrical runs in the UK and throughout Europe. Uh, it opened in the UK on August 25th, 2000. So, um, strangely, um, other countries had no problem with it. But um, it's got about a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. That's a fail, right? a little right? high. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was a letter grade, isn't 59% a F? Or True. It, or is it a D minus? No, that'd be an F. Yeah, okay. 60 and above, D. So, yeah, an F. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's see. It's uh, a failure. <laughs> You're flunking out of class, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> so, so what movies similar to this got it right? Can you think of any off the top of your head? Valentine? <laughs> oh, no, wait, got it right. Yeah. Scream? Well, yeah, I mean, I think Screen's the most obvious pick. Um, are there any other horror movies centered around a high school? I guess Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. You know, it it, it has enough scenes in a high school. Um, Halloween doesn't really spend a lot of time in the school, so I can't count that one. Prom Night. Prom Night, there's a good example. That one works, and it's set... Prom Night's another one where the uh, there's some gender switching with the killer, but it's an unconvincing one because the unmasked killer doesn't fit the shape of the masked one. It's kind of like Face Off. Mm. It's, you know, the only thing you need to do to make Nicolas Cage look like John Travolta is just put his face on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should... Uh, I should At do least it. that followed through with the concept, unlike this film. Yeah, this this one was um, like I said, I, I I appreciated the pacing, and I did think Brittany Murphy anchored this whole thing. Um, but yeah, there was some stuff definitely that, that misfired as it went, and and I I got the big reveals way before they happened mm-hmm. on all the points, which that doesn't just come from being a crusty old horror movie watcher i think that comes from the fact that they didn't do a great job oh, yeah they really telegraphed it in this. yeah, it, yeah. There's, there's no they, they must have not gotten around to filming all the red herrings <laughs> i read a review uh on imdb which is funny because two of them mentioned valentine mm. and <clears throat> how awful it was and how this was similarly similarly bad okay um but somebody had a, th- a switch that uh, they thought would have been a good twist if it turned out that Brittany Murphy was working with the teacher oh. to kill. And then she'd turn him in at the end and you'd end the movie. He had it, a, a much better explanation. I'm skipping over a lot of it. Basically, the end would be like she would get away with it. She would play the final girl. Mm. And then, you know, you the audience would know, oh. The killer's still out there. Okay. But the town would think, oh, they got old Jay Moore. Mm. Yeah. But they couldn't, and it would turn out the twist would be they, well, I mean, it is in the movie, but they're brother and sister, and they couldn't be together. And that's why the whole sex Uh, thing was, you know, that angle. That makes sense to me. Yeah. That's a good idea. Okay. The faculty, the craft, Jennifer's body. There's a That's few. the one I thought There's of. There's a few was more. Like, yes. Jennifer's body was uh, similar to this, but actually the jokes landed. 
Yeah. At least for me. I... This one made me laugh a couple of times. I like the bit where the uh, the 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 uh, police guard goes, uh, I can't just split and whack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and it's not that funny on paper, but the, the timing of it was really good. Yeah, that his skull gets split open. Yeah, I meant to write that down. That is good. Um, yeah, prom night you mentioned, Jennifer's body, faculty, uh, the craft. There's got to be a couple more. Battle Royale. No. No? Not really? Not really. I Different mean, beast. Yeah. Not a slasher. No, uh, a slasher. Not, I mean, they're school kids, but it's not. Yeah, what? there's there's a whole bunch of. I mean, the Japanese really into horror high school mm-hmm. stories. Um, yeah, that's a that's a different. High school was a horror for yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's, and in Japan, it's actually called, I imagine uh, it's high worse. school is uh, is is called education hell. It's exam hell. Yeah, is the actual word for it. Oh Oof. wow, Carrie is the obvious one I wasn't thinking of. Oh, yeah, I guess they're supposed to be high school, aren't they? They just yeah. seem so 20-something <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Well, like so many movies. <laughs> well, this one had a mix of actors that were obviously young enough and ones that were obviously... Yeah, I felt like Kenny was about 30. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Some of the kids did look like they were about 17 or 18, and a lot of them looked like they were in their early to mid-20s. Yeah, I guess that's one of the things. They're all supposed to be virgins, but it's like, nah. No, no, their their weathered faces say otherwise. Yeah, these people are too pretty. Yeah. So, Will, you've got the next pick. Yeah. What's it going to be? Don't know yet. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. But after that, we'll do our Irish horror. And if we want to let the listeners know ahead of time, one of those uh, should be the boys of County Hell. Is it boys from County Hell? Yeah, so. Boys from County Hell is the name of it. Uh, let's see if it says when I click on it here. Um, that one is from 2020. And does it say on IMDb where it's it available? Does. It's on It's on Prime, AMC Prime. So hopefully that's easily available without paying for it. Because I didn't pay any extra for it when I watched it six months ago or whenever it was. But it's uh, it's it's an interesting movie, and I think it'll be fun for Irish horror. If we can pick a couple more to go with it, I think that'll be great. Um, I did watch Shrooms a while back. I don't know if I ever mentioned it on the show, but um, it just kept reminding you that it was a movie with all the weird effects. It wasn't just like trip out sequences, but it was a lot of just I can't even articulate it now, but. There was a lot going on there that just said, yeah, you're still watching a movie mm. and you can't really get lost in any of it. And I'm not sure the characters, they're, they're loathsome enough to obviously be American, but it's almost to the point of a caricature. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think we need to be caricatured any more than we already take care of on our Wearing own. Wearing a MAGA hat and eating a hamburger. Or, you know, like a Mickey Mouse Carrying shirt. Carrying a gun. <laughs> or like cargo shorts and a Mickey Mouse shirt. Mm-hmm. Beer hat. Yeah. And refusing to wear a mask. <laughs> the foam dome. <laughs> yeah. Voting against their own personal interest. What uh, else can they do? Yeah. Yeah, like Brexit. No, wait, that was that was England. Uh, yep. Sorry. Um, <laughs> hey, if we were given something like Brexit... You can bet it would have passed. Or things like it have passed. I have, I can't really say. Yeah. But in any event, we'll find maybe a couple more and uh, have some fun with that. Maybe we'll drink some special drinks and, uh, hey, we'll call an Uber. We'll just get, we'll just get <laughs> shithoused. And <laughs> maybe we can do Dixit, which is Dixie Exit. Oh, we there you get go. get rid of the South. Yeah, just right along the Mason-Dixon line. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that would be like a like a civil war almost, wouldn't it? Well, you know, yeah. try not that go that way this time. Yeah. Every time people make noise about a state wanting to secede from the union, I feel like give it a shot. See how you do on your own. Go for it, Texas. We yeah. dare you. 
<laughs> There's plenty of good people in Texas who'd be like, don't lump us in with them. Well, then move. They've all moved here. Yeah. yeah. I have seen a lot of Texas plates here in Colorado. Anywho, um, so we don't know what next week's movie is going to be, but the week after that, for sure, the boys from County Hell will be part of our Irish horror for St. Patrick's Day. We'll be a few days early on that. Uh, most towns will do their parade or their party on the Saturday before. If St. Patrick's Day falls in the middle of a week like it does, let me see, falls on uh, Thursday. So a lot of the parties might be on the 12th or 13th on Saturday or Sunday. Or they fall on the eight, on the 19th. Yeah, that's dumb. You can't do it after. Can you? It's closer to Saturday. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. In any event, we'll do our show to where it it uh, it drops on the 15th. So it'll get you in the mood for your hangover. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? No? So, I don't think so. Oh, we didn't do the recommends. So Cherry Falls, Jolien. Uh, soft recommend. It's a curiosity piece I, I enjoyed. Okay. Will? No. Okay. Hard no. Hard no. Um, yeah. Watch I, Valentine again. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. Oh, I can't. They're both garbage. Don't watch either one of them. <laughs> you have to watch one of the screams. Yeah, watch Scream. One, two, or four. Watch The Craft. Yeah, you watch The Craft. Any one of those high school movies we mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, go back and watch Carrie if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, Didn't they remake that? Yes. You should go rewatch rewatch the remake. Or go watch the remake. <laughs> we should do an original versus remake on that. Oof. I can't remember who it was, but there was I wanna say it was a a woman comedian maybe. That when someone says, What's your favorite period movie? They say Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. And usually the person asking the question takes forever to figure it out. Like, but it's such a snobby question to ask, isn't it? Oh, Howard's End or you know, whatever. The last of the summer wine. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Frankenstein. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there's something for you. But um, yeah, um, I give it a recommend with an asterisk. I'm going to say if you want something that you know is just kind of silly and fun, uh, I, I stand by my statement that I think the pacing is good on this one. It just keeps moving. Um, yeah, telegraphs all of, the, all of the kills and all of the twists way before they happen. And you, you, know, you don't really need that in a horror movie. It's kind of nice to be surprised. But uh, I'm going to say uh, it's a soft recommend, but it's a recommend. So I'm going to say go ahead and watch it. And that's all I got. Um, so nothing else before we call it a show? I don't think so. Listeners, it's a show. Thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. <laughs>